another gravitationally impaired episode of We Only Let's <laughs> Oh, Spin. I like that. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I am a tiny cabbage co- <laughs> tiny cabbage coach. A tiny I cabbage can- coach. <laughs> I'm a tiny habit <laughs> certified coach, and uh, I have lost about 145 pounds. And my place in this episode. Who are you? <laughs> I am Donald Weigel, and I am not qualified to coach tiny cabbages, but I am <laughs> here. <Le petit> <laughs> I, I am here. I am here nonetheless. I am. Uh, I have lost about 100 pounds. And I have kept it off for about four years now, and uh, I am here to talk about it. Yay! Hooray! Uh, <laughs> that didn't. This didn't go very well, but there are many things that didn't go very well for many years. So yeah. that's actually. Oh it's yeah, a that tie-in. that was a professional transition. See? Yeah, so, right uh, there. I, I like the gravitation gravitationally impaired uh, thing. That makes it sound all like science fiction. I know. Well, uh, we have talked about this before, but we have gone to the Griffith Observatory, and when we go there. <laughs> pretty fancy everyone yeah, we've been we've been to the griffith observatory uh, it's free so yeah. it's a great place <laughs> to know. take people when they come to visit uh, but it, uh, in one part of the uh, the exhibit they have all these scales of what you would weigh on different planets oh yeah and i never go on the earth one like never, the, the Earth doesn't right. know what I weigh. But like, right. oh, and I try and stay off the ones uh, like where the planets have a lot more uh, gravitational pull, pull than Earth. Yeah, right. but so, the, the light ones, like man, like the only, moon, like what you'd weigh on the if moon. If only like, I that's lived on the stuff. moon, then if I wouldn't need I, to lose I, any weight. I, I would weigh like fifty pounds on the moon, which is beautiful. It's fantastic. But I have actually heard people say, like, well, all your weight is is the gravitational pull. I mean, that's the only thing it is. <laughs> Like, <laughs> they say it in that voice. They I do. Like. I think it's probably teenagers who just learned about gravity or yeah, something. Like, yeah. you know, Isaac Newton or something. That does sound like teenagers. But weight matters. It matters in our lives. Yeah. And uh, But there's a big but, Donald. Oh. But it is only... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you just say I have a big butt? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, one T. That's all we can afford on, okay. this, uh, on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it is only... A single measurement in a constellation of uh, things that we use to measure yeah. our, our weight It's and a really good point. Health. And I, I like to think about it like a snapshot, like a Polaroid. Like you step on that scale and you're just taking a snapshot of what your weight is at that exact moment. It doesn't encapsulate your whole worth or or everything that's going on in your life. It's just one particular, you know, data point at one moment. Exactly. But uh, this is a big issue for many of us. Uh, some of us have very complicated relationships with the scale. I know for decades Donald and I kind of valued ourselves based on what our numbers were. Yeah, for sure. Um, we felt a lot of pressure to hit a perfect number. And uh, on these next two episodes, we are going to be kind of unraveling uh, the scale, how to use it, the pros and cons of the frequency of weighing yourself, and some alternatives to uh, using the scale, and how it affects your mood and shame. And we're going to go all the way to the top till... Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is some deep diving <laughs> uh, scale-related stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you know, I, you can tell how educated I am by the way <laughs> by I <saying> stuff. <laughs> the way I said that. Yes. Well, I know we started out so strong with talking about the Griffith Observatory, and now now look at us. Now look I, where I we think are. our hubris, like we, you know, we flew too, too close to the sun on wax and wings, and it, now are plummeting back to earth. Exactly. So for decades, I made a solemn promise uh, to all of the Holy Spirits that if I could just get to the magic weight yeah. that I needed to be, that I would keep that weight forever, and I would be good and virtuous, and suddenly not like the taste of uh, Chips Ahoy cookies. I know. And, and and I walked around thinking to myself, this just isn't fair. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I promise to be good. Like, why do I have to go through this when other people don't have to? Like, you know, why I work so hard and I try so hard and the scale just isn't reflecting, like, how much I want this. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, I, I actually was thinking about this. Your intention and your, you know, your virtue does not really impact the number on the scale. Yeah, we we did a whole episode, I believe, called The Weight Loss Fairy um, uh, about how, you know, all of your wishes and hopes and dreams about what will happen on the scale and all of your notions about what's fair and not yeah. fair have nothing to do with what actually is going to happen. Like the scale doesn't care. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like the Terminator. Like yeah, you said before. it 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 doesn't care. It just like it just measures what you weigh, and that's it. There's no like emotion. There's no fairness involved in it. Right, but do you know what the scale actually weighs? No. It, oh, your weight. Yes. <laughs> It is. It, it weighs and reflects your past choices, not oh. your future potential. That is what James Clear says. Uh, not specifically about the scale, but he just talks about your results are a reflection of the past, not the future. Yeah. So the scale is a lagging indicator of your past behavior. It it is a an idea of it measures what you've done up until now. It doesn't measure what you can and will do moving forward in the future. Well, and I had absolutely no proof that I could lose 100 pounds. I had no proof that I could sustainably do it. And yeah. if I, at age 41, just said like, well, that's it. I, I probably have another, you know, 40, 50 years left on Earth, but it's obviously too late to change anything about it. I actually thought that. I thought once I hit 40 that there was some visible force field that made it too late. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm getting off topic a, a tiny bit here or getting off on a tangent, but I really think that we have this notion drilled into us about how much harder it is to lose weight oh, when we get older. So hard. And I think that in, in a sense, it is a way in which people can excuse themselves from doing the work. Yeah. You know, because they're like, well, once I hit 40, it's just impossible to do it. So why should I even try? And Believe me, if Catherine and I could do it, if you saw us like six, seven years ago, and then you saw us now, you know that it's possible. And we didn't start till we were in our 40s. I know. Isn't that annoying to know that you actually it's have really agency annoying. in your life? Like, yeah, it's super annoying to know that you actually can do it and that you can't just throw up your hands and say, well, I'm over 40. I guess there's nothing I can do. Wah, wah. So in, uh, we're going to do a two-part because we can, because that's yeah. what we do. Uh, but in this episode, we are going to talk about how you feel about your relationship 
on a scale, um, how often you weigh yourself, like I said, and the pros and cons of each of those. And then uh, how does your most recent number affect your mood? Because I know that that is a big thing. Absolutely. And then next week, we are going to talk about how to decide your goal weight. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about shame because that's a great way to end any conversation is talking about shame. Yeah. So really, you have the shame to look forward to. <laughs> Moving forward. See? Uh, okay. So, uh, Donald, how is your uh, your relationship with the scale right now? Well, I, I think it's pretty good right now, but I've had to uh, – I don't want to uh, spoil alert the ending of this, but <laughs> I've, I've had to really do a lot of uh, trial and error over my life about it. And there are definitely still days that I dread getting on it because I don't want to see the uh, the answer. But I, I think I think I'll save a little bit more about what I have to say until <laughs> we get to that part of the episode. But um, you know, it has taken me years and years to get to this point where I think I'm in. I have a pretty good relationship with it right now. Well, and I think too, depending on where you are on your journey venture, uh, trademark. Uh, we only look thin. I don't. Is it trademarked? Can we sue anyone? Yes, for stuff? it is. Okay, let's sue. Let's sue. <laughs> We are litigious people. <laughs> if you can wow. say anything about us, it's yeah. that we're litigious. Exactly. Um, but a lot of times people see it as a black and white. Either you're like, I hate the scale or I love the scale. What a delight the scale is. It's amazing. But guess what? There's also scale neutrality. Seeing yeah. it as a single measure of of a much bigger, uh, or smaller, hopefully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's a single measurement in a constellation, as I said before, of, uh, of potential things that you can use. You're People done with me. People love the voices. You're done. People love the funny voices. You're done with me. Um, you know what, Ian, I think you're, you're saying what I should have said. I think that I'm fairly, I have a fairly neutral, like, uh, mostly non-emotional relationship with the scale. Now, there are days I step on it where I'm expecting different news than what I get, and it definitely uh, can affect my mood. But I, I am much quicker to then step back and go like, well, this is one week. I know what I'm doing at this point. I have my habits in place. I, I, you know, I can, I can continue going and this isn't a, a sign to, you know, throw up my hands and give up everything. Right. So dear listener, are you neutral about the scale? Are you in a good place with the scale right now? Is it really bad? Do you not even have a scale? Did you put it in the closet? Because I've definitely right, done that when right. I didn't want to deal with it. Is it complicated? You know, if it is in your favor, you love it. But if it's against you, then you hate it. Uh, because I think we all have, uh, have gotten into that. But the goal, hopefully, in the end, and it's something that we're still striving for, like Donald said, is that neutrality of like, it's just, just data. And it helps me on my, uh, my journey venture. And your relationship with the scale might change day to day, even like, yeah. you know, you might step on and it might be unexpectedly good. And then that might make you happy. And you might step on and it's unexpectedly bad. And that might make you sad. And, you know, you might be at a point where you're just heartbroken over yeah. the scale. And, you know, like Catherine said earlier, like it's in a closet somewhere because you just can't face it. But here's the thing with that. And maybe I'm spoiling something in the future. I don't know. We'll just say it as many times as we need to. Is that a lot of people just see the scale as like, I'm thinking about losing weight. I want to lose weight. I really feel like this is my time. But unless you design habits and you design your, your eating plan and your movement plan, if you're not really focusing on that, 
then the number on the scale isn't going to do anything. Like yeah. wanting to lose weight isn't a plan to lose weight. Absolutely. So I think in the next portion of this, we're going to ask the question, how often do you weigh yourself? And how do you decide how often do you weigh yourself? Exactly. And, and some of the choices include uh, weighing, <laughs> weighing yourself weekly, weighing yourself daily, weighing yourself several times a day, weighing yourself once a month, not weighing yourself at all, or just, eh, it's complicated. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I weigh myself uh, here and there. But there are pros and cons to each of those. And knowing where you are right now, there, we can definitely become obsessive about the number on the scale, and it can impact us negatively. And maybe we should have started out with this instead of me making some clever joke that I probably made. Um, is, <laughs> it was very clever, though. Yeah, no, but a lot of people have a lot of, of deep shame around the scale or traumatic experiences around the scale. Yeah. I know I've heard um, there was uh, a person in Walt who had talked about being on uh, a rowing team in college and that they had to have public weigh-ins for rowing. And so the oh number was like, and swim, like swim team people have like a certain weight to hit. And there's a lot of shame around you that. You just so brought we just, back some like childhood uh -oh. memories. I had a friend who was on the wrestling team and I remember him like the night before a weigh-in putting on like a really heavy duty like track suit. I don't think it was like a plastic suit, but putting on a heavy duty tracksuit and like running, trying to burn as much water weight as possible yeah. so that, so that for like the weigh in for the wrestling team, like the seventies and eighties were, I don't know. I hope they don't still do this uh, in, in high school sports. It was a dark time. Well, and, but too, I mean, I, I used to go to Weight Watcher meetings and the day before weigh in, I would under eat dramatically to try to get the best number on the scale the next day and then celebrate the day after with eating after I got on the scale. Yeah, so. Celebrate your way Woo! in with food. Yeah, that was thus. Yeah. So again, there's pros and cons to each uh, option that we have. So understanding uh, where you fall in this, I think is important to, uh, to your journey. Absolutely. So uh, I think we'll start by talking about weighing yourself once a week, which is actually what I do. Yeah. And um, so suggestions for this, are weigh yourself at the same time of day each day wearing nothing or some very lightweight clothing each time um, place the scale in the same spot each time on a hard surface and not on a rug yeah and and this is sort of a two sides actually uh to two tips please don't weigh yourself 10 times like in the morning like oh well what if i like what if I remove my earrings and what if I like exhale? What if and what I if... stand on one foot and then do the hokey pokey? No, but really, and, like yeah. there, there are people who are like, oh, I got seven different, you know, things and I weighed seven times. What do I do? Just weigh once. This yeah. isn't about a single data point. It's about data over time. So trends matter more than the individual day. Yeah. And, and some of the pros of this are you have, a, you have consistent data with four to five data points a month to help you see trends over time. Yeah. And, so, and maybe the cons of this, though, are weighing yourself weekly doesn't take into account the daily fluctuations we have. Water retention, hormones, bowel movements, menstrual, menstrual cycles, etc. You can't even say it, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown-up who can say these things without making jokes. And, you know, for me, I decided on weighing myself once a week because I found that if I tried to weigh myself daily or several times a day, I became a little too obsessive about it. And I would 
you know, maybe have good news in the morning, bad news in the afternoon. But it became this kind of thing. Like I do the same thing with my fantasy football scores went <laughs> during during football season. I look at them like once in the morning, once after the the morning games are over, once in the afternoon. And like if I if I allow myself to just sort of look at it all the time, then it becomes this weird obsession with the number. And I'm like, well, have I lost weight now? Have I lost it now? Yeah. Like, oh, have I lost it now? And then, of course, the flip side of that is I I know I have not followed my plan to the, the extent that I would like to. And therefore, then I start avoiding the scale because I don't want to see the bad news because in my head, there's a thing called like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't need to go into that whole thing. But um, it, it, until I you know, step on the scale, then the number isn't real. Right. And like, oh, maybe I'm still, maybe I like have lost weight. Maybe my, my, the number is still at this certain point. Yeah, it's like magical thinking. Yeah, like, like, you know, until I step on it and see it, then, then I don't actually have that, you know, quote unquote, bad news staring me in the face. So I make myself get on the scale once a week, but only once in a, a once a week so that I don't become obsessive about it. Yeah. So again, the, there are pros to that. Uh, for me, for Weight Watchers, they talk about weighing in once a week. So that's how I got into doing it at first. And I think when you're first starting out, I mean, when I had a hundred pounds to lose, which I didn't actually, we'll talk about how much we want to lose, uh, next week. Yeah. But, uh, weighing once a week is, a manageable, consistent thing to do because we have a lot of weight or I had a lot of weight to lose. Now I actually weigh myself almost daily, um, but there's a there's a different reason for that. So again, the one thing with uh, the, the con for weighing in weekly is that over obsession on your habits the day before, under eating, you know, redu- not drinking any water, trying to like tip the scale in your favor, and then the potential of overeating after that. So just watch out for that tendency because again, we're not in this for the short term. We're looking at let's say let's say there are as many as fifty two weeks a year. So <laughs> <laughs> on certain in, in some years there are as many as fifty two weeks. But and and I think what Catherine said is true, and I think that you know the point here is that. This is going to be different for different people. For me, for my mental sanity, um, and, and for, you know, just having the data points for my relationship with a scale once a week is where I've settled. Yeah. So see what is right for you. So now let's go on to the daily. So, uh, the suggestions for the daily weigh in are the same as the above, same place, same time. Oh, and here's my, my fun reflection. Uh, speaking of reflection, (laughs) (laughs) um, if you weigh yourself, uh, naked, uh, as the day you were born. Yeah. And you maybe want to take a picture of the scale and it might show your <laughs> Just Just letting you know, people, because yeah. I see some people post on Instagram, watch out for those reflective surfaces. Yeah, yeah, those scales tend uh, to have reflective surfaces. I've seen a little bit uh, of a lot of people on the scale, and including myself, I took a picture and then realized that uh, the reflection was uh, my nudie bits. There, I said it. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, this is a family show. <laughs> but uh, but watch it if you're posting online, uh, if you're sharing your results, uh, because uh, there's some shadows in there, everybody. Yeah, I don't have that problem. I don't. I would never post a picture of me <laughs> stepping on the scale online. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, just that was just an extra uh, side tip 
uh, of the week. So uh, so watch out for that. So, but but daily weighing. Okay, pros of daily weighing. Okay. So the pros of daily weighing are consistent data with 365 data points a year to help you see trends over time. This is something that maybe if you are closer to your goal weight or you're maintaining, this is kind of why I've gone over to daily. And for me, it's not actually daily weighing. I might weigh three to four times a week, sort of depending on, on what I'm doing. Yeah. But for me, seeing that trend over time matters, especially because right now I'm in perimenopause. So I'm retaining water. There's just lots of different factors. But I'm seeing even if and you know, visuals don't really work on this, it might look like I'm the same weight that I was a week ago. But during the week, I might have gone down a pound, up a pound down again, but my trend is going down. So even if I'm 160 pounds, my trend week over week is actually going down a little bit. So I can see those small changes. I don't think that that is effective for someone who has a large amount of weight to lose. Yeah. But for me in maintenance, seeing that where the trend is going is, uh, is, is good for me. Well, and I'm repeating myself, but I found that if I weighed myself, you know, more than once a week, I became obsessive about it and like just couldn't stop weighing myself and it wasn't great for my mental state. Right. So if you, for the cons, if you over-identify your self-worth with the scale, it could lead to disordered eating choices and influence um, future outcomes. So if you get on the scale daily and you think you should be down, but you're up, maybe it will affect your food choices for the day, or maybe you'll give up and go, well, why should I even bother? Because the week is already blown. So really watch the language that you use around the relationship with the scale. If you're finding that it's damaging, um, maybe go back to that weekly option. And and weighing yourself several times a day has very much, you know, similar uh, pros and cons. Like you might get a lower reading at different times a day, which might, you know, make you happier, might boost your mood. But, you know, the cons are, I think, Personally, I think that it the goal here is to develop that neutral, like I am a robot collecting data yeah. when I step on the scale relationship. And all of those multiple times a day can really lead to up and down moods like throughout the day. Like, you know, oh, hey, I just worked out. Let me step on the scale now. Wait, what? I'm actually up a tenth of a pound? Like, this is terrible. You know, that kind of, and then you become less motivated to do that workout maybe. Exactly. So I would really not suggest weighing more than once a day. I think it can become obsessive and uh, we discourage it here at We Only Look Thin. Yes, indeed. Okay, so uh, there are pros and cons to weighing in once a month, Donald Weigel. Yes, indeed. Uh, Some of the pros of it are you would have 12 data points throughout the year without a hyperfixation on the scale um, as your main metric for success. So weighing yourself once a month, you're you sort of, you know, you know, you've got that that once a month. You know that you can, you know, four or five weeks from the the time, you know, you've got that amount of time with which to maintain your habits and you have that that one data point and you're not completely avoiding the scale while not, you know, making it your main focus. Right. And I think part of that, too, is the like, if I know my habits are in place, my habits yield my results, my behaviors yield my results. So if I am focused on my daily deficit, my walking, yoga, whatever, if I know I'm doing all of those things, that will yield the number on the scale at the end of the month. So if you want to get away from hyperfixation on the scale, that once a month can be a good thing. But there are also negatives, Don. Yeah. And one of the downsides of it is if your habits are inconsistent, 
or if what you're doing just isn't working, you, you don't have any way to correct for an entire month. So you're going a month without any data. And for me, doing my once a week weigh-in, you know, when I was actively losing weight, I would, if nothing came off the scale for three straight weeks, then I knew I had to change something. I had to either increase my exercise or usually, you know, 90% of the time I decreased my calorie intake to get, uh, to, you know, get that scale moving again. Yeah. So, you know, not having those frequent data points, you, you don't know for an entire month and then you make a change and you don't know for an, another month after that, right. well, whether whether it's actually doing anything. And going back to our loophole episode, that fake self-actualization of like, I don't need the scale, but I don't actually have habits in place. And oh, no, now I'm up. See, it's not fair. So just to, just watch out for the, the why behind the monthly weigh-in. Yeah, absolutely. So the next option is not weighing yourself at all, which is actually – fine. Like if you are not comfortable with the scale, if you don't have a scale, if it is, it brings up uh, bad uh, memories, then you don't need to use the scale. But there are lots of other things that we can do uh, other than using a scale. How many times can I say scale? Um, uh, we will count them and put them <laughs> in the show notes. Um, but you know, there are things you can celebrate your non-scale victories. You can celebrate, you know, how much more energy you have. You can celebrate how your, your clothes are fitting. You can, uh, you know, celebrate your habits, you know, that you're, that you're doing and keeping in place without actually paying attention to that number on the scale. And that can really be freeing for a lot of people. Um, personally, I need the data because I oftentimes will trick myself into thinking that I'm doing much better than I am, or I'll put on a shirt that's, you know, it's a size medium, but maybe it's actually a little bigger than some of my others. And I'm like, oh, I must be losing weight. And so I can, I can trick myself. So having the, you know, the hard cold data of the scale is good for me, but if it's not good for you, there are plenty of other things. There are lists and lists of non-scale victories that you can celebrate online that you can look to instead of looking at that number on the scale. Right. So if you're not weighing yourself, there are other things that you can use. For example, for a while at my heaviest, I could not wear my wedding ring because it was too tight. So how are your rings fitting? Yeah. Do they fit better than they did before? Are the, are your fingers swollen or not swollen? You can also, I, I wish I had done this at, at the beginning, is actually use the notch on your Fitbit band to see how big your wrist uh, is. Because yeah. I didn't realize that my wrists had gotten smaller. Yeah. And there's also the, you know, the old fashioned notch on your belt if you're somebody who wears belts. Yeah. You can also look at your blood work results. Maybe that's just your big every six months you go get blood work done. That's the big thing that you look at. If you have an article of clothing that is form fitting, maybe a suit or a pair of jeans or something like that, that that aren't stretchy, you can try those on once a week or once a month. Or if you have a goal pair of pants that you can't fit in yet, but you're pretty close, see how close you are to buttoning up the buttons. So there's other ways that you can mark your progress, um, but definitely mark it over time because once I start avoiding it, that is also sort of a, a canary. There's also tape measures. Have you heard of those? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I measure my uh, largest circumference. Uh, 
and sort of like Saturn. I, I like to think of it. Yeah, as- we have, we have some post-it notes from from fairly early in our current oh my uh, gosh uh, journey where we we took measurements and wrote them down on post-it notes. <laughs> but it's it's almost like a memento or something. Like, wait, what year was this? Yeah, what, yeah, what, we didn't do a very good scratch. job of keeping records because I think I think a lot of the time that we were doing it, we you know because we had yo-yoed so many times because we had had you know, some in air quotes success and then gained all the weight back. I, I think that we weren't even sure that it was real. So we didn't want to like advertise or right. or really, you know, chronicle the way that we wish we had. Right. And just to talk a little bit more about um, not weighing yourself, the, the sort of flip side of this, and I guess the dark side of this is the avoiding the scale yeah. because you don't want to see the data. And we've already kind of talked about this, but I would go for long periods of time where I didn't want to see the number because then if I saw it, it would be real and I would have to face up to my choices that I was yeah, making. Yeah, I mean, and that gets into, we didn't we didn't even really pre-talk about this, but it also gets into avoiding doctor appointments oh, because yeah. you don't want to deal with that. You avoid seeing family, which is what oh, we started goodness. doing when I was at my heaviest. I really did avoid doctor's appointments because I didn't want to get the lecture about about my weight. Yeah, so it's uh, that that can go south pretty quickly. But um, but in in fun news, uh, the best non scale victory uh, or the the marker for me was there's a certain number that Donald hits where he snores, and then once he gets below that number, he doesn't oh, yeah. snore. So uh, we have been that was long ago. But I remember when you stopped snoring, and it was like this is the best non scale victory. Ever. Well, and I sleep so much better too when I'm not snoring. So uh, that's been a, a nice boon for for about the last I don't know four and a half five years something like that. Yeah. So the the final two that kind of go together is that sporadic like maybe once a year, once a month when you feel suddenly like you're on some you know. Uh, you know, you've had a great week, maybe you'll weigh in, but then not again for another two months or something like that. So that's sporadic in a bad way or sporadic in a good way. If it's sporadic in a good way, it's like, hey, I'm doing other things. I'm doing all the habits. I don't really need to weigh myself. I've never been in that situation, but maybe uh, someone out there has. But then there's that bad way of the avoidance. Maybe you just want to punish yourself after you uh, you overeat at the holidays. You get on the scale because you want you want more proof that you're not a good person or something. So watch out for that uh claiming or that that ideation of being good or bad based on the number of the scale. So um, if you can think of any others, dear listener, you're welcome to let us know. But uh, but those are our uh, our takes on weighing yourself on the scale. Yes, indeed. So now we are going to talk about mood, which we've already sort of talked about, but we're going to go more into things that you might say to yourself, whether you have negative or positive thoughts around the scale. So, uh, Donald, why don't you start out with what what happens if you have negative thoughts? What what kind of thoughts are those? Yeah, you know, sometimes when you step on the scale and the number goes up, you, you might say things to yourself like, I'm a failure. I need to do something drastic. I, I'll never get this right. This, you know, blank plan, whatever plan you're on just doesn't work. I'm not cut out for weight loss. Um, This is just the way I am. Uh, I don't have the motivation. And why is it so easy for other people? Man, it's so simple. Nothing is fair. I did that until age 41. Yeah, I said these things to myself over and over again. A lot of times when I wasn't even stepping on the scale, but just, just you know, looking around me at other people who just seem to have it so much easier than me all the time. And, um, you know, I think that developing this, you know, neutral attitude towards the scale 
and developing a growth mindset and a positive outlook. I mean, you know, a lot of people roll their eyes and think you're just being a Pollyanna, yeah. but it really is one of the keys to doing this. Like when you tell yourself all these negative thoughts, like, you know, if you say to yourself you're a failure, a part of you believes that. And a part of you believes that you're not going to be able to ever do this. But you, so you have to tell yourself that you can. And trust me, like if Catherine and I can, you can too. Like we were a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. No, no but we were. I mean, we really, were. like I can't even imagine. Like we were so terrible when it came to weight loss and fitness. Just doing nothing but sitting on the couch and ordering takeout yeah, and, just and blaming like, everybody the but ourselves. Go on and on and on and like like and then saying like oh it must be my metabolism yeah, like you know, you know and we weren't actually doing anything we were just lying to ourselves about it but conversely if you feel like you did have a good week and this is something we'll we'll talk about next week too is that you feel like you did all the right things you ate at a deficit you drank the water you did the things and yeah. then you get on the scale and it's up I was so good this week. I should have lost weight. I'm quitting, which is what I did for 20 years of that. The number was up over one week. Over and over and, and over again. And then that's it. it. This is broken. I'm this, Something's wrong. I'm not going to do it. This isn't fair. I give up. That's what I did. But guess what? Uh, James Clear, again, we talk about James Clear, talks about the valley of disappointment. Yeah. Uh, that time when you feel like you should be making progress in a linear, super swift way. But guess what? There are ups and downs on this. We're going to talk about that next week. But just imagine you're in the valley of disappointment, which is actually kind of where we live in Bur like near Burbank is sort of where <laughs> Sorry, exactly. that was like a very bad, I take it back. That was a very bad, like, I, local to Los Angeles but, joke. But guess but, what? So we're looking at data over time. I gained weight 20 times while losing 100 pounds, and fluctuations are natural. You can have water retention, your menstrual cycle, your bowel movements there. I can say it as easily as you, Donald. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're the real grown I'm super up here. Fun. <laughs> but water retention, muscle gain, you know, carbs, salt, whatever. There are lots of different factors in it. So please look at the data over time, not just the single data point. Yeah, we we imagine we want a graph that shows a straight line of progress where we we do the habits and then there's this, you know, clear and straight path, but it doesn't work like that. And, you know, we think we've had a week of super hard work and then we don't see the results on the scale. It really can lead to all of these negative things. But I'm telling you, uh, over the last six years, I've stepped on this scale many, many times, and I saw a number that I was not expecting because, you know, I would be like rock solid on the plan and have a great, great week, and it just wouldn't reflect on the scale. But then maybe the following week, that's when it would show up. Um, so it was much more of a zigzag than than what we think it should be. Yeah. So uh, what if the scale is in your favor? If you're happy, if you think you should have gone up, but you didn't? Like you ate a lot yesterday or you had a cocktail or something. Yeah. And the scale is in your favor. You might think – and there, there's a risk to this, everyone. 
this is worth the effort. Oh my gosh. You know what? I'm fixed. My metabolism is awesome now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is my reward for my habits. I can get away with anything now. Obviously, I lost two pounds this week. That means I'm going to lose two pounds every single week. Everything's going great. I'm fixed. I can eat whatever I want now. Uh, I can go back to my old habits. Wait, I thought this was the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, or if you're down, this is a fluke. I'll gain it all back. I don't think this is going to last. I've lost before, but it hasn't worked. Yeah, that imposter syndrome. Like, well, this can't really be real. This isn't really who I am. I re- I'm, I'm not a person who loses weight. I remember when I had gone down 45 pounds having this panic of like, oh my gosh, I'm. Uh, how am I going to keep this going? And then a little sort of like invisible ghost sort of thing, like maybe like the schmoo. <laughs> or no, uh, <laughs> was it the- no, the schmoo wasn't invisible. No, uh, who was the little, anyway, oh, okay, we'll, we'll just, please cut this out. <laughs> um, so I had lost 45 pounds and I just sort of started panicking and I wondered like, oh my gosh, how can I keep this off? And then a little voice inside my head said, continue with your habits, Catherine Weigel. And I was like, oh yeah, if I do the stuff, then the stuff will continue to work. It's about the lifestyle. Yeah. Were you thinking of the Great Gazoo? The Great Gazoo is who I was thinking. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. (laughs) Okay. Um, But here's the real thing, and maybe this is a whole episode unto itself, is thinking that whatever that next number is, is going to make your life better. Getting to your goal weight is going to make your life better. And then you realize you still have the same family and the same job and the same stresses and tying all your hopes and dreams into that number. And then maybe sabotaging yourself because the number didn't make you as happy as you thought you were going to be. Maybe that's a a, a maintenance episode. So um, I know I said this was going to be the positive thoughts, uh, but but there's a lot of negativity that goes on with the with the number two. Well, and I think that the the bottom line point here is is trying to teach yourself to take it all in as data and to to release yourself from the emotional ties to the scale being up or down because it really does help you move forward. And when I used to get on a scale years ago and I would see, you know, the scale go up or down, I would have these thoughts and it would lead towards me just giving up entirely. But now I know it's a data point and if I just keep going, if I just don't quit, if I just continue with my habits, that I will get to the goal I want and I will maintain the goal that I want. And I can release myself from a lot of these emotional ties. Well, and two, part of that is really thinking about how are your thoughts serving your future self? Are these thoughts building you up or are they knocking you down to a point where you just want to give up? Because yeah. that's a big thing. And I'll, you know, to sort of finish this episode up, um, when I was 18, I have talked about it before, uh, the human resources director at my company said, put money in a 401k. And I said, what is that going to do? I don't have right. enough money to put in a 401k. So I actually started when I was 18 years old and I am 48. Wow, well, that's 30 years. Holy moly. I've been- <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, you're super old. But getting back into that like hyper obsession, if I looked at my 401k every day, several times a day, and then there's, you know, market fluctuations and presidential changes and whatever, and got obsessed with that number right now, or gave up and liquidated everything because something bad was happening in the Gulf, 
today and I'm not retiring for many, many, many years. It's not what the number is today that matters. It's the trend over time and the consistency of the habits. Um, I actually had looked at uh, the 401k number in January. I was very happy with it. I didn't do it. Just compounding interest, everybody. Yay. And then I looked at it last week and it had dropped <laughs> by a number of zeros. Yeah. And I was upset. But then I, I was like, well, so what? I have 20 more years to worry about it. So it's really not that, you know, small monthly fluctuation that matters. It's the data over time. So, uh, must be nice, but, uh, but look at the long term. You are worth the investment. And remember that the data is a lagging indicator of past choices, not future potential. And we praise your past choices of listening to this episode and your future potential of listening to many, many more episodes. We are grateful. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more episodes of this show wherever you found this one and also on our website anytime at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on the link for join our support group and find out more about Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, an accountability and support group for women based on Facebook. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial. We do Zoom meetings. I have a newsletter. There's lots of great interaction and just super support from women in all phases of their journey, uh, supporting one another so find out more about it there. Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm very proud of it and I'm very proud of the work that you do in it. It's uh it's really a great group. Thanks. Uh, also, if you'd like to interact with us on the social medias, as the kids say, uh, you can find us at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can write us a message with the old-fashioned email. Pull out that old <laughs> email machine, the, the Victrola-made email machine, and send us an email to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We enjoy hearing from you. We like episode suggestions. We've turned many listener emails into episodes and uh, Eventually, uh, if you're patient, we will respond to questions so you can reach us there. Yep. And if you are feeling generous today, you can head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it make us happy knowing that we are influencing your life, but it also helps boost our ratings and helps Apple uh, and their algorithms uh, direct our podcast to other listeners who are looking for inspiration, Asian, Asian. It sure does. And lastly, uh, if you could tell somebody about the show, that also helps us out. Uh, you telling others how much you enjoy our show is one of the best ways, best and most effective ways that we gain listeners, and we are grateful. But it really is true. We get people saying, oh, someone was talking about you on another group, the best weight loss podcast, and we found out about you. And so uh, it, we really appreciate that word of mouth. It really does matter. We sure do. So if you're thinking about liquidating your 401k to take a <laughs> shuttle to the moon to weigh yourself, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. Asian, Asian. Now I want to do that really badly. <laughs> The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>